You are listening to World Harvest Church's weekly podcast. WHC is a cross-cultural church with passion for reaching the lost and hurting. We are mission-minded and committed to raising up generations of mighty men and women of God. If you're in the Atlanta area, check us out on Sunday mornings at either 9 or 11.15 a.m. or on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. From wherever you're listening, we hope this week's message empowers you to grow and go. I've got a scriptures that are going to go along with what I shared last week about the love of God. And out of Romans chapter 13, verse 12, I'm going to begin there. And I'm going to just have other scriptures. I'm going to go back to 1 John. In fact, I'm going to have quite a few scriptures, just short little pieces I'm going to do throughout the book of John, 1 John. Let's read this together. It's going to be here. Uh, no, let's not read together. Get different translations. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The armor of light. Everybody say, armor of light. Then you go to 1 John, little John, right there at the back of the book, right next to Jude and Revelation. And that little book, we're going to read some powerful words. Chapter 1, it says, that which is from the beginning, verse 1, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which you looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the word of life. This life was manifested, and we have seen, and bear witness, and declared to you that eternal life, which is with the Father, and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may, be, may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write to you that your joy may be full. And this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Second chapter, a couple of verses, verse 9 through 11. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. He who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Not done yet. Chapter 3. We've got enough scriptures to gag a horse. First 3 verse 10. In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who is the wicked one, and murdered his brother. But why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. I pray, Father, for the illumination of the word by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, let this simple subject profoundly impact our heart and change our lives. We want to put on the armor of light. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. I flipped it for, because we know if you walk in the light, you walk in love. So my title of my sermon is Put on the Armor of Love. You maybe not look at love that way, but the agape, God kind of love, is the armor you and I need to walk in. In the world that's highly dangerous. There's so much deception out there. There's so much lies being told. You know, and if you be, believe a lie, it'll capture you. It captured Eve and it captured Adam way at the beginning. Satan is the father of lies and he caught them and he reeled them in. So we're going to talk about this because it's important. We understand we've got to put this armor on. God is a God who operates in the light. The Bible talks about the light of God. And I want to talk about the fact that the Bible has a lot to say about that. He said he dwells, the Bible says, in unapproachable light. There's so much power. The Bible said when Jesus was transfigured on Matthew 17 before Peter, James, and John, 
They said his brightness was so bright, it was like the shining sun. Now, if you can still see today, it's because you've not stared into the sun. But the sun, if you stare into it, it'll be the last thing you'll ever see. Because it's so bright, it's so intense. God's light is so intense that all of heaven is lit with his radiance. There is no Georgia power in heaven. We don't pay power bills in heaven. It's just the light of God's glory. And physically, light reflects his glory. Spiritually, it reflects his truth. Morally, it reflects his holiness. God, when you say God is light, there is an infinity to it. Infinite love, infinite purity, infinite holiness. God's very nature is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. There's no darkness at all. In fact, the Greek says, no, not, there's no darkness. No, not at all. And never will be. There's not a fraction of darkness. And darkness can be a scary place if you flip it the other way. There was a man who was the president of Ecuador. I read this about Chuck Colson, prison fellowship. Went there to open up prison fellowship ministry in the prisons of Ecuador. And the president said to him, listen, I was in prison myself and described his ordeal. He, says, he said, the first three days they took me into a dungeon at the bottom of the prison. When they shut that big steel door, there was not a window. There was zero light. I was in 100% darkness. It was cold. It was dank. And I was alone. He said, there's nothing quite like being in complete darkness. At the end of three days, I saw my door crack and a shadow came to the corner, fiddled around with something and disappeared and shut the door. I said, what's that about? And all of a sudden, the lights came on in the cell. Someone had reconnected the wires. He said, that changed everything. Being able to see, even though I was in the cell, just being able to see, put my mind at peace. I can see what's going on now. But with that, without that light, he was completely blinded and it was scary. How many know when you hear a bump when you're growing up, the thump in the night? It's under the bed. You hear a closet move. You know, all kind of stuff goes on at night. I always remember Jesse Duplantis. He was new in the things of God, brand new Christian. He was preaching new. He was staying at a hotel. And he said he heard something at night. And he got up looking. And it looked like a, like a ghost was moving towards him from the corner of the room. And he just got on top of the bed. And he said, I rebuke you, foul spirit. Get out of this room. And he said, it all went down and it went away. And I said, so I was relaxing, went back to bed, and then I could feel it move again. I put the light on. There it is again. I, I rebuked it. I commanded, get out of the room. And then it would go back down again. He said, the third time I checked it out, and I said, wait a minute. He had his raincoat <laughs> on a clothes hanger in the corner. And the heat vent would hit it every now and again and blow up the jacket and move it around. And then after the heat would go up, it would come back down. So he was rebuking his jacket. But the point is, it's not fun at night. At night. Crazy things happen at night. I remember one time we went camping as kids in our, was part of our extended yard back in, this is in Atlanta. And we didn't know where we were camping. We're just camping, putting it all out there, and we got to bed. We woke up in the morning. We said, oh, my goodness. We had put the tent up in the middle of a poison ivy patch. Like this high, there's poison ivy all around us. And then that's where the scratching began. <laughs> it's important you see where you're putting your tent. I'm telling you this. Light gives us it's also the word for enlightenment, for revelation. When you walk with God, he is light. He doesn't say he, he has light or he is a light or he is the light. It's just that he is light. And his divine nature is love. And the whole scriptures I'm reading is all about love. Love, love, love. And it talks about the fact we need to love one another. You wouldn't think you have to say that, but we were born to love, not to hate. We are created to love. And so we got to understand God wants to teach us how to love. But the foundation of all love is that you got to know that God loves you. Oh, yes. 
people say they know it, but we got it's more than know it. You got to experience it. Paul talked about that. He said, "I pray in Ephesians three that you'd experience, you'd know, epignoso, you would know, you'd experience the love of Christ." Amen. Like you, would take, like you step into a nice hot sauna. I don't care what someone says, but I know what I'm experiencing. It's the same way with God's love. You need to learn how to experience the love of God. You need to be able to say to yourself often, God loves me. Say that. Say, God loves me. God loves me. Say it again. Say, God loves me. God loves me. Now let's do a little exercise. You used to do it a lot. Remember this, Pastor Willie? I'd point yourself. Say, God loves me. me. Say it again. God, God, who lives within me, me. loves me. me. Then do something else now. Raise your finger up and say, the God in me me loves you. you. Now turn somebody else ahead and say, the God in me me loves you. you. Find somebody else. The God in me me loves you. It's the truth. Hallelujah. We need to meditate. God loves you. Hallelujah. He loves you. There's something so freeing and so wonderful about the reality of that fact that God loves you. Hallelujah. Someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Psalm 104, 2, he says, you clothe yourself with light as a garment. Just think about the purity and the holiness and the majesty of God is something else. When the children of Israel were led, they were led by the pillar of fire. When Abraham cut covenant with God, the Bible said in the middle of the night, God walked like a flaming lamp, like a burning oven in the middle of all the sacrificed animals. On Mount Sinai, he appeared as a flaming fire. God is all purity, all holiness, all mighty God. But his greatest attribute is that he's a God of love. There's not a hint, there's not a hint of darkness. Now, we're getting there. You know, you can say you love somebody, even maybe your wife, you love her, but there's things you do sometimes that are not that right. <laughs> Amen. Solomon talked about the ointment is great, but there's some flies in the ointment. Uh, we have to pick the flies out. Some of you have a lot of flies. <laughs> and some of you have less flies. But we're working at these things. But you know what? God is pure like there's not. Can you imagine when you before God, he's not thinking. He's not saying one thing and thinking another. You know how you do that? By faith you say, you say one thing, but you're dealing with another thought. You know, you're crucifying it, but you're having to fight it. Amen? This person is a jerk. But I'm going to say I love them because I need to. You have to work at it. Is it, is it, is it not easy? No, it's not easy. This is the hardest thing you'll ever do. And yet God, who is a God of love, said, if you want to walk with me, if you want to walk with me, you've got to walk in the light. If you want to stay close to me, you've got to walk in the light. And if you walk in the light, you've got to walk in love. Because as soon as you step out of love, you're out of the light. You're into darkness. And, and so we've got to understand the greatest armor you can have in these last days is the armor of love. To protect you. Because I watch people. They get, I mean, I can even watch people. You don't realize what I see here. I love to read body language. If you sit in your seat and you face me with your shoulder, looking over, you are questioning me. You doubt what I say. You're judging me. Gets quiet. Everybody, people just started shifting, looking straight at me. <laughs> But I can see people, some people, I look, they'll never look me in the eye. So I look at them, they look down, they look down, because they've got issues. I'm, 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 I'm just saying, you can read a lot from people. Like if you fall asleep, nothing gets me more upset than people sleeping in church. But I don't show it, I forgive you and I go on, I look at some other part of the congregation. But uh, this is not the place to catch flies. Anyway, where was I? I want to get in the light here again. Praise the Lord. Stepping into darkness, maybe. (laughs) But for those who are, quote, spiritual, try not to act spiritual. Some people have to, hallelujah. 
the Lord. Do you want a Coke? I don't drink that stuff. I drink holy water. I mean, just, people just get, you know, you want to you go, oh, put a sock in it. You know, get over it. Can you just not get, re- can you get, just get real? The people push the envelope in trying to f- um, fake it. Just be real because that's not light. You know, Jesus got mad at one thing more than anything else, hypocrisy. You come with a form of godliness and you come with this, dear Heavenly Father, dearly beloved Father. Oh, Lord. I mean, listen, some people's pray. They don't know God from a house cat. I mean, that's just... <laughs> especially if they pull... This, if this is you, I'm stepping on your toes, forgive me. But I can tell where everything's Father God. Father God. Father God, Father God, Father God, Father, Father God, I pray right now, Father God. Father God, right now, I pray. That Father God, that the, that the light of God would shine, Father God. And Father God said, my God, put a sock in it. Listen, it's safe, Father. One time. And what happens is you get in a, it's, it's like a repetition. It's like a motor that is going around. It's not kicked in. Kick in. Father in heaven, I love you. You know, God wants us to be real. You know, if you're hurt, you tell him. Like I like David. He's so real. He gets so mad. It's in the Psalms. Lord, break their teeth out. <laughs> Sometimes that's called a psalm of imprecation. I've got those highlighted. You can just read it out loud. When I was being faced with the SEC, I sometimes read it. Lord, I, had, I said, yeah, David, tell him. I'm just reading the Bible, Lord. And I just said, <laughs> <laughs> just, just reading the word back to you. You had him say it. But then, with God, it's an amazing thing that as holy as he is and as, and as, as like he has infinite love and purity, then he says to you and I, live like me. What you say? I want you to love one another as I've loved you. Now, let me say about this about God. God will never give you something in the word, a commandment, that you don't have the capacity to fulfill. You and I can fulfill it. Do you know why? Because his love is in you. He put it there. When you were born again, Romans 5, 5, the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's in there. So that husband that's flaky, it's in there, but it's, a, but it's in a reduced form. You know those little animals? Kids have these things, the little sponges. They come in a little capsule. It's like a dinosaur, but it's like pink, and it's all like in a little, it looks like a capsule. First time I saw it, I thought it was amazing. This little thing. And you throw it in water, and it begins to unfold and get bigger and bigger. It goes from here to like a big old sponge type thing. That's what we need to do. Our love is in there. His love is in there. It's in there. It's in there. It's got to have it soaked in the presence of God. Quit letting the flesh run everything. You keep yourself a pygmy. And so you got to let it love. Just begin to... Begins to expand where it begins to take you over. The love of God's in you. It's the most powerful force on the planet. We're going to stand about, by the way, Fernando Diaguera talked to me after the service to straighten me out about my nuclear reactor analogy. But anyway, it wasn't much... But I was thinking about this about nuclear reactors. And I've seen one. We used to have one at my alma mater. It took physics. It took you to a tour of the, of the reactor. You look way down there in the water. It looks like a big pool of water. And you got all these like tubes and cylinders. And what it is, is the rods cover that actual reacting, whatever that is down there, that emits the heat, all the, I'm getting beyond myself, it's been a while. But the radiation. So when the rods come down, it stops the radiation. But the rods come up, they begin to heat the water. You can actually watch it. You can actually see the swirls. So your heart and mine has the love of God. 
What shuts it down is the flesh. We're like the rods that cover that reactor. But through the word and through obeying what God asks us to do, walk in love, it begins to open up. And the love begins to grow. It begins to get more manifest. John Osteen was a great preacher. He's in heaven today. But I'll never forget his story telling about a missionary up in Alaska. And he said this missionary had this experience with a shaman. A shaman, they deal with the occult. And every village has a shaman. So this shaman said, I got a high in the occultic realm. And I could astral project my body over to other villages. That's my form of travel. And I was upset about this one village. And I was going to bring hexes and curses on it. So I went out of my body. And I went over to this village. And as I descended upon it, I noticed this village had a lot of lights in it. Meaning they were believers. Literally, he could see your, the spirits of people in the spirit world. And he said, some lights were dim. Other lights were very bright. And when he got saved, he made the understanding that those were people's spirits. And depending on their walk with God, their love walk, and how they related with people was the brightness of the light. So literally, demons see your spirit. You are luminescent. And the matter of the luminescence increases with your willingness to obey God regarding love. So when we talk about the armor of light, we're talking about walking by the love of God that your spirit man would be the dominant force in your life and allowing that love above everything else, allow that love that you'll flow out of you. He said, imitate God as dear children. I love that line, dear children. We know how children like to imitate their parents. Has anyone had children that try to mock, which you're not mock in a bad way, but try to imitate what you do? I can see my girls right now. Tessa, I got story after story about you. But I can see her now. She has her, she has, she has the dress of my wife, which is too big, drag it on the ground. She has the shoes of my wife in high heels. Her little feet are stuck in there, and she's playing house. And she's got the necklaces, you know. This is when you weren't there. And so she had all this stuff going on. <laughs> and, 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 and it was just so cute because they said they want to be what mom and dad is. Kids will do that. They want to imitate mom and dad. They want to grow up quick. And that's what God's saying. I want you to imitate me. How? In my love. I want you to imitate me and grow in your love even as Jesus loved you. We want, he said, Father says, I want you to love that way. Can I say this? If the love of God would reign in a home, there'd be no fighting. There'd be no strife. There'd be no unrest. It's because we allow the flesh to shut down that nuclear reactor of the divine love that's been given you. I have seen people that have walked in divine love that you can not only pick it up in the spirit, but see it on their face. T.L. Lowry, one of my favorite preachers, he's in heaven today. When I first saw him, I'm in the Church of God headquarters, four-story building. I'm dealing with all preachers. They're nothing but preachers from one end to the other. I'm interacting with them. But one stood out above all the rest, T.L. Lowry. How? Because his face shone. It literally shone. I went to him, I said, who are you? Dr. T.L. Lowry. I went to his secretary, I said, what makes him glow like that? He said, that guy is, he said, that man is intense for God. He says, just getting up for a 40-day, water-day fast. He says, he fasts, he prays, he seeks God. And the glory of God shows up on him. So I don't know about you, it's God's great quest for you and I. Is to follow in his footsteps and begin to imitate him. And show the love that God wants us to show to one another. And we'll talk about how the challenges, how we're challenged. So we, it's not a walk of without faith. <laughs> It takes faith. It takes faith to love people at the moment who are unlovely to you, unkind. Amen? You may be in a marriage and you go, I ain't taking this no more. This guy is a jerk. So you have to walk through this because you say, I got to walk in love. I got to walk in love. I got to walk in love. I just want to give a like shout out to the women. Is scripturally, there's a balance. God doesn't ask you to take a hit forever. Amen. Amen. If you are snarky and you're acting like the south end of a mule going north, 
you got to understand something. A person have to, you know, God doesn't want that to go on forever. Amen? If my own daughter married someone and they were being mistreated year after year after year, I finally said, okay, honey, you need to tap out. Because a woman can only take so many hits. You got that? So love, it depends on where you are. The whole thing of 1 Corinthians 7 is all based on what would love do? What would love do? It's a question. What would love do? And it depends on each situation. I don't know why I went there. I didn't go there the first service, but maybe somebody needs it. But the point is, there would be no trouble in marriage if the agape love that's given you by God when you're born again will have an opportunity to grow. Quit allowing the flesh to contain it and suffocate it. Give it some oxygen. Like what? Like come to church. Praise the Lord. Worship God in your own home. Shut the dumb TV off. Get a hold of the Word of God. If you sit there watching TV and all these ungodly movies, you'll become ungodly yourself. You'll act like you will. You you'll act ugly because it's, because you because you because all of a sudden you're shutting down the nuclear reactor of the love of God, and you're no better than an unsaved person. In fact, saved people can act worse than un, than unsaved. I've seen unsaved people can behave better sometimes than saved people. How can that be? Because they literally operate in the natural in love and kindness to a certain level. But you have the ability to take them over and blow them right out the door. Yeah. Us men, we should be a place where the, husband, where, where the wives want to come home, want to stay with us because we show the love of Jesus. No one ever yet divorced Jesus. I'm hitting on this for some reason. Somebody up in here needs to hear this. Because I'm, t- you know, and we can't play religious foolishness we got to grow up. This is 2022. Grow up. Don't stay a baby. And people are leaving. That's all right. I love it when they leave. Because I'm not preaching strong enough if that people aren't leaving. I, I, you know, the word should rattle you a little bit. But also help you and bless you. You know, when you walk out here, you said, maybe it hurt a little bit. But Ethel, I needed that. Amen? So he is the source. And, but we must experience that love. I don't know about you, but when I experience the love of God. I wish I had to be sharing on love for the Bible school. By the way, you need to be in Bible school. Get serious about, you need to go to encounter, get it. Don't, don't sit there and, well, that goes by, that goes by, that goes by. One year later, it'll be same old you. Same old ugly you. You got to say, I don't want to stay this way. I want to grow out of this. I'm going to grow out of it. I'm going to grow out of it in Jesus' name. I don't know why I'm saying all these things, but somebody must need all of these things. But the Bible lists what love is out of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Those four verses carry the love of God in a definition. It said, love is patient and love is kind. Love doesn't envy Love doesn't parade itself. That's why we're very careful who we let on the stage. There's a sign. It's in the spirit above the stage. No divas allowed. There's not a time to show your, your shake and your, this is a, whatever it is. You're here to worship God. We should never do things to, uh, I want to be seen and I want to be known. The Bible says that's not love. You don't parade yourself. You know what it's called? Humility. You're going to find out if you're going to love God and walk in love, it's going to take sacrifice on your part. You don't get to do what you want to do all the time. Well, I want to. Well, if you're going to walk in divine love, you have your eyes on other people. It's not about you. What? What you say? I said, it's not about you. It's about, it's about the God in you letting his love flow out of you to bless people. And that's where life is found. Actually, life is only comes down to this. It's in relationships. It's relationships. It's not in the house. It's not in the vehicles. It's not in the, you know, people pile up all these things. This is, this is what I need. This is my new goal. Your new goal, in fact, the Bible makes this very clear. 1 Corinthians 14. Your number one goal in life? Love. Love people. 
Now watch this. Life is in relationships. Relating this way. It's all about relating to God. Developing. The more you develop this relationship vertically, the greater your life will be. But the measure of your strength of the vertical relationship with you and God is demonstrated and shown by how you love horizontally. And don't say, well, I love God. I, well, how do you love people? I tell you, you can watch people. Jesus said you know them by their fruit. How you handle others that is reflective of how you and God are getting on. It's the way it is. So, but life's in relationships. In heaven, you don't have a U-Haul hauling your stuff up from earth. You leave, you know, one thing that Job had right, I'll say it southern-wise, naked came I into this world and naked will I leave. You came in buck naked, you leave buck naked. But thank God, God gives you clothes so we keep it respectable. You don't see, you know, notice how God has for the clothes. I'm sure they're nice, but he, he did say a robe. Not skin tight jeans. I got some white skin tight jeans. No, that won't be there. That won't be there. Forget that. The, the, all that uh, stuff will be, will be gone. But, the, but it's in relating. Heaven is all about relating. The gold in heaven. Everyone's like, well, my mansion. Well, that's nice, but that's not really what it's about. Donna, her sister, is in heaven. Her husband passed away three months ago. That's not too long. I'm sure they gave a high five and went into eternity. But it's, it's, it's so fantastic thing that life's about relationships. So if you want life, you've got to work on how you relate to people. And that's the most important thing. And you can't allow things to sever that relationship. So you got to allow things to, you got to be able to be forgive people like Jesus forgave you. So you got to let things pass. We don't like things pass. We've got a little justice meter. They did me wrong. You're going to pay. Well, God doesn't say that. Jesus said, listen, if they slap you in the face, turn the other cheek. He says, you walk a mile, walk two. And I've had to do it in this church. Because people will take advantage of kindness. And each case is different. But, you know, you have to forgive people in the body of Christ. You can't. I'll take a case that we're in the Fiji. We're going to Fiji. This is before they were taken over by the communists. Uh, You've got to have a vaccine and three boosters. And I just like to read the data. Just show me the data. Just show me the data. I'm highly suspicious of an organization in Atlanta. I won't mention who it is, but their first and last letter is the letter after B. But I'm highly suspicious when that organization receives countless millions from the pharm comp pharmacology companies. They happen to make the vaccines. Let's see now. They pay them to say, take the shot. But they're not letting the data out here because you know what the real data is? In England, they got a brain. They did their own study. After two years, here's what they found out. People that do not take the vax, there goes another one. There are people, people... <laughs> No, I know Ron. I'm just making fun because Ron and I are friends. He's, 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 very, he's, he, he, he's on a special visit. But anyway, those, <laughs> he's going to hit me for this and he gets back. I say, forgiveness, brother. Stay in the light. Stay in the light. <laughs> light, brother. Light. I see darkness. <laughs> but they found out literally, statistically, What? You're more healthy that don't take the vaccine than they do? They just shut it down. They just said, forget it, forget it, forget it. We can't let the communists take over. The little commie up there in Canada. My God. Come on, Canada, get rid of him. But you know what? What they want to do up there, they want to bring down here. They're going to be a freedom dictator. How to get off on that? Fiji. Fiji. Yeah, I really got off a case. Yeah, Fiji. I thank God for my family. They kind of prompt me so I can make it. <laughs> Where would it be without my family? <laughs> so Fiji, we're dealing with the second most important man in Fiji in all the Pentecostal churches. They got 75 islands, they got churches everywhere. 
And he's given us this deal. He said, send me the money. I'll give you this deal for the flight. I know X. I know the prime minister. I know everybody. We give him the money. I've got a person on the ground who claims this guy's legit. Well, we don't see anything happening. So stupid us. We call him more. He says, no, because of the just send more money. Okay, we give him more money. And then finally, nothing's coming about. And then I come to find out this guy's stealing mission money from everybody. A man from Australia gave 40000 never saw it. Another man gave 100000 never saw it. And so I got so mad. I said, okay, lock and load. I said, I've been through the whole court thing for 10 years. I know the attorneys. I kind of know how it works. I got money in my war chest. I said, hire the meanest Fijian attorney you can find. Someone that just recently quit eating people. Somebody <laughs> who's just really, he's going to... He's going to take him down. I said, we got the money, okay. I mean, I am up to get this guy. And it was a righteous cause. I'm going to expose this false brother. And I go with God, and God said, let her go. Forgive him. But let him go. But the money. We just forget. I called him up. Actually, first I wrote a letter. Dear sir. And I was blunt. I was blunt. Flossie, you would have been proud. I said, listen, we gave you so much money and you stole it. You kept promising us everything that you never delivered. So that makes you two things. I put it in a separate sentence. You are a thief and you are a liar. That's what I said. And I said, I forgive you for being a thief. And I forgive you for being a liar. And may the Lord work on your heart. I'll never forget the email back. I am not a liar. I'm not a thief. You just lied there. That just proved my point. And about two years later, he finally gets set down. Those Fijians move slow. But they sit him down, and he's been defrocked. Now, I don't want that defrocking. But the point is, I had to get over that and had to let it go. And I'll tell you what. In life, you've got to understand, for you to walk in the light... You've got to walk in love. You've got to walk in forgiveness. And so one step out of love, you just step into darkness. And the thing about darkness, once you step into darkness, you don't know where you are. You think you do. But that's where deception comes in. People feel justified because they get, and here's how the devil does. It's a setup, guys. That's why the offense, the Greek word offense is skandaleon, which means a trap, offense. He always starts with offense. Offense. He gets you offended. That one right. And it may not have been right. What are you going to do with it? Well, let me think about it. Wrong decision. When you get offended, forgive right away. Forgive now. Forgive right now. That moment, forgive right now. Because that thing will develop roots. What kind of roots? Roots of bitterness. It will grow. It will grow in you. And slowly, and you think you're okay, Lord, I forgive him. You lie like a rug. You haven't forgiven because every time you, you, you're not praying for him, within your heart, you know this little angst. Come on now. I'm preaching real good. Don't shut me down. So you understand this thing called walking in the light has got to be your number one goal because you'll find the forces of life always want to take you off it because it's so against what the world is. It's the world is all about itself and it's about retribution and revenge and I'm going to, if you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. That's the natural world. Is everybody still out there? So if you're going to live in God, you've got to live in love. And then we need to walk in the light. The Bible says out of 1 John 2, 10, 11, he who, lives, he who loves his brother abides in the light and there's no cause of stumbling in him. Do you get that? If you don't want to wear the armor of light, it's the armor of love. You will not get sidetracked. You will not lose your way. But he who hates or detests or, uh, detests or despises his brother is in darkness and does not know where he is going because darkness has blinded his eyes. Wow.
What blinds me when you step out of love? I have watched believers. They get a chip on their shoulder. What do you do with a chip? You buy a chipper. You, you deal with it scripturally. Matthew 18 says, if you're an offensive brother, go to their brother. Make it right. It's called confronting. Make it right. Don't gossip. Make it right. Well, he didn't listen to me. Well, get somebody else. Get Pastor Willie. Get somebody else to sit down and try and get their, you know, I'm going to share what happened. This was a hurt. You understand? If they don't get it, bring it to the church. We never get that far. They leave before then. <laughs> bring it to the church. And if the church, if they won't hear the church, kick them out. Because they need to get out there where they can get taught. Is there a scripture for that? Oh, yeah. Paul told the first, first book of Corinthians, there was a guy sleeping with his mother-in-law, or I mean stepmother, or mother. We don't know. But it was bad. <laughs> and he said, that guy won't repent. Get him out of the church. Turn him over to Satan. That his flesh may be destroyed, but his soul will be saved. And they did it. You go to 2 Corinthians, however long that was, and they restored him, and he made it right. But sometimes kicking people out is the way to grow people up. Do I kick people out? I do. Do I ban them from coming? Yes. Who is that? That's none of your business. But to come to this church is a privilege, not a right. You know why? This is private property. You come here because it's a privilege. But if you're going to act out and not have any control and you tear up the flock. No, I'm a shepherd. i got to protect the flock from the wolves. i got to do it. That's my job. That's my job. Hallelujah. But, you, but do, we, do we restore most of them? Yes, we do. We send letters. We give them periods of probation, year, whatever. And if they're, and if they're, and if they're truly repentant and truly restored, we'll restore them. We're not really here to hurt people. We're trying to help them. But love sometimes is tough. You parents need to get a hold of this. Sometimes a good whipping for your kid. God made the posterior with extra padding so it could take a whack or two. <laughs> now, you know, we're not, we're not here to draw blood and all that crazy stuff. And Oh, my God, I'm going to call in defects on you. We talk to them all the time. Because we, we have to talk to defects. If we see something that's out of order, we have to report it. But we're not, I'm not talking about that. But there's a way you need to understand. And sometimes with pastors, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you what, I preached a sermon on Wednesday. If you haven't heard it, you need to get it. But I gotta, I gotta grow up myself. I gotta need to speak the truth and love. I need to be more direct. Like you're in rebellion. You won't listen to what the. I mean, I gotta tell people like it is. Well, you know, maybe you're, no, no, no. You just, you are in rebellion. People are gonna be that you know they don't come to church, don't tithe, then say I'm the pastor. No, you're in rebellion. You need to understand this. I'm not your pastor. Don't even call me your pastor. You need to get down to the altar and repent of your stubborn heart and let God do work in you. Then come back and call me the pastor and then serve in the house of God with a heart of love and a heart of a servant. i got to get more straight. The time's too short to pet your little flesh. Well, they, they might leave. Let them leave. The Lord will grow them up. Maybe they come back a little, bit, a little better than, than they were when they were here. Well, I can't believe he's preaching this way. That's because there's so much seeker-sensitive churches that muddy the water, soften the edges of the truth. That there's, there's no more truth ever given. It's just a, bunch of, just a bunch of soft oatmeal. Praise God. Oh, don't get me going. I've got a preacher pastor's conference coming up here. I don't know what this is going to be. I'm praying. Altar call for backbones. I need you to get a backbone. Every preacher comes out here again. God's going to give you a backbone. And, and, and it's going to be in with don't fear the people. I don't answer. Ultimately, there's an accountability to the people. But ultimately, I answer to God. Did you speak the truth? Did you do it in love? Did you serve the people by giving them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear? The church is all over this place. They'll teach you just what you want to hear. I call it baby food, Gerber food. And the reason they preach baby food, because they're a baby. The pastor's a baby. They're eating it themselves. A little fornication on the side. A little I mean, it's just, I mean, don't really get me started. That's why this, this, this whole thing about COVID and people laying out of church, it's a sifting. Who really loves God? Who's really for God? You're going to get mad and leave and wear four masks and stay 50 feet away from each other and, my God, take your temperature every five minutes? 
It's just, I'm, I'm, it's just ridiculous. I will not be caught up with that foolishness. Well, we're leaving. You're unsafe. Leave. I don't know where this is going, but hopefully it's good. <laughs> the Bible says our first John 4 1, it says, Test the spirits. Test the spirits. Whether they're of God or not. I'm talking about in the house of God. We need to read on this guy's spirit. Are they for God? Who are they for? Because they're false spirits out there. They're out there. for. I'm not just saying they are outside of this church. They're out there. I have to deal with pastors. They've got a false spirit. They're following a false spirit. They're not walking in the light. They think they are, but they're not. I try to help them. Because you realize there's only two kingdoms. There's the church and there's the world. There's the kingdom of light and Jesus is the head of that kingdom. There's the kingdom of darkness, and Satan is the king of that kingdom. He's given a title. One of his titles is ruler of darkness. That means if you step into darkness, he has a right to rule you. He can, how does he rule you? Through deception. He has a right to rule you. If you step out of love, you're not in love with your brothers in Christ, you run on your mouth, you're going to be ruled. And one step out of light will lead to another step. Unless you repent, it'll get darker. And you will justify your foolish head as to why you are where you are. No. I don't care how long you've been saved. It's what are you doing to obey the word today. Let's grow up. Can we not grow up? What was that? Another language of the Holy Ghost. Colossians 2.8, I want to read this because Paul felt the same thing. i tell you what, if you know the history of the church, immediately when the church is birthed, false doctors it penetrated the church to get people sidelined, get them into darkness. It says, beware, lest anyone cheat you. That means to take you captive. How do you get taken captive? You listen to lies. Adam and Eve listened to lies. Even though they're children of God, they've listened to lies and brought captive. Same way today. Beware lest anyone cheat you, take you captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. The Bible says people's minds, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, are blinded. Literally, the devil comes and he'll take your, don't ever think because I'm a Christian, I can't be blinded. That's stupidity gone to seed. You can be blinded, especially people that live alone. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I'm just a Christian by myself. Well, I can't find any church that's mature enough for me. Blinded. Well, I'm trying to figure out. How long am I trying to figure it out? Well, several years. Blinded. I don't know who my parents are. Blinded. I mean, well, I don't really serve anybody. I'm still finding where it's at. You're blinded. So it says here, Whose minds the God of this world has blinded, who do not believe the truth, lest the light of the gospel shine unto them. So we live in a world today with so much stuff out there, and the world... We, you know, we got to be in the world, but Jesus said, don't be conformed to the world and don't let your life be contaminated by the world. Now, I want to go a little sidebar because it's important, because it relates to love. We're a cross-cultural church here. 65, 70 nations attend this church. Have you checked it out? We're known, we don't look exactly look alike. <laughs> but there is a doctrine that's creeping into the church. Christian wokeism. Christianizing the CRT, critical race theory. And I'm tired of pastors telling me, well, who, who can understand it? I said, I can, because I can read. Some people, the only thing they study, if it's, if it's not on YouTube, they can't get it. 
you limit yourself. But I, I happen to read a powerful tool. I know what the CRT is about. I know what wokeness is about. It's coming against social injustice. Well, no one's for injustice. But their social justice is different than ours. How say? Well, their social justice is that we need to have justice for the LGBTQ, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. No, that's not a biblical justice. Let me say this about the church. The church doesn't bow the knee to the world. We own the truth. We have the truth. You understand that? We, got the, we know what biblical manhood is. We know what biblical womanhood is. We know what a biblical marriage is. We know what biblical sexuality is. They don't know. They're confused. We're not. Do you understand me? The trouble with people, they want to be nice. Uh, I want to keep peace. So, so, they, so they try and segue. Well, 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 well. And they try and accommodate. They try to be, because they want people to like them. I want to be liked. Newsflash. Jesus said they hated me, they'll hate you. And they'll hate me because I point out that their deeds are evil. If you love too much in the job, maybe you're not giving a strong enough witness. They should love you and also sometimes don't like you. That was my experience at work. I was made fun of. In fact, all through school, because I was more, they knew who I was. You could either fit in. Everybody wants to fit in. Jesus doesn't want to fit in. He wants to take over. You understand that? Well, I want to be remembered. Uh, for what? <laughs> you don't need to be remembered. Listen, let me tell you what. You, you need to speak the truth and let the chips fall where they may. Listen, believers got to stand up. I am not, well, we don't understand. Had one brief, we don't understand that the CRT is too complicated. What? And you're a leader of a major movement and you are acting stupid? Well, no, you no longer act stupid. Now you are, you're stupid. You're qualified as stupid. I'm not following a stupid leader. So I pull myself, the whole church, out of the organization. I will not follow stupid. We won't do it. Sorry. Life's too short. Hell's too hot. Not doing it. And I felt the Lord said, you need to talk about it because no one else is too chicken. You got to tell people, this is the way we got to go. This is the road. It's called walking in the light, walking in the love of God, respecting your brother and sister. That's what the road we got to call. And everything else, I'm telling you what, wokeism is anti-gospel. CRT is anti-Bible. Someone's got to say it. And a lot of places people say, well, I'm leaving now. Well, leave. I will not bury the truth to keep your little tootsie feeling going right. Well, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm all for social justice. I mean, r- racial justice. I decry the fact that there was slavery. I decry the fact that what has been done in America, it was terrible. It is terrible. Any kind of infraction is wrong. But the solution is not, their solution is not solution. It's pollution. When you tell me that I am born white, which, by the way, I couldn't stop. It just... It just came out white. <laughs> now, now, since my mother was Czech, my dad's English, in the sun, in the summer, I try to work on it. <laughs> I try to work on it. But it's so maddening to me to hear what, what, what people are doing out there. I don't want to be reasonable. I want to be truthful. Well, read, read, read. No, no, I want to be, no, no, I want to be truthful. And so Paul's mission was the mission of love. You know what he was, he was about? Paul's mission was all about destroying the strongholds, exposing unbelief and doubt, rebuking false doctrine, 
and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ died for your sins, carried them to hell, and on that cross he paid for all the penalty of all sin, but he rose again from the dead, having paid the debt of all sin. Someone shout yes. yes. But in the CRT wokeness, here's what they say about white people. You can never escape this. You got to be this way for the rest of your life. Why? Because you're white. You're inherently evil. I've had that said to my face. White people are inherently evil. Now, someone that can't read the Bible. First of all, let's talk about race. Uh, this whole separation of race is a man-made thing. There's no foundation for it. When God made Adam and Eve, now that was, now, now do the math with me. Adam, Eve, they had children. Think about it now. So there's not a matter of race because there's only one race. It's the human race. You got that? No, no, no. There's fundamental differences. There, 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 there. There are fundamental differences. Actually, they're not. They're actually fundamental similarities. Biologic, they say, that this, is what the, this is what the scientists say. The difference is 0.012% difference between any race or quote or group. Our identity is the fact that God designed us as human beings. Our identity is through God. He made us who we are. And he's the one that told us how to function. And so anyone that comes along with another gospel, it's a doctrine from hell. Do you understand me? I tell you what, so listen, this whole thing about race, the very ones that are wanting social justice, racial equality, come against the white and produce prejudice, and now we become isolated and the perpetrators of evil. That's the most crazy thing in all the world. And like I said last Sunday, the Asians operate, and they have two-thirds of the world's population, and they're not in the equation. So... <laughs> You know, Paul's mission was, he said, Lord, he said, God told him, you're going to open the eyes, you're going to open the eyes of the blind and turn them from darkness to light. That's the job of the pastors and the preachers. Turn them from darkness to light. And anything that goes against the word is darkness. And then you see, so CRT, what they do is they add something to the gospel. Here's what they say. You must always lament. You must always be repenting. You must always... Be sorrowful because you, sorry, sorry person. And you must do that. You must be an anti-racist to the day you die. So then we have corporations in Atlanta. I don't want to mention their name. But one, and if you work there, it's great. But they produce brown sugared water. And I read this. I read this. They have classes for the whites and here's the title try not to be white right try not to be white you know the bible says but thinking of themselves to be wise they became fools can you imagine jesus next to the father look at that seminar father we made all these people they say, this person, he, he needs to stop being white. I mean, the father must go, what in the world? My God, the devil, what is his problem? Messing up his people. But what's so sad is when the people of God take that. Amen? Now, I'm not saying, listen, I know there's a balance to all this. I understand white people have done a lot of wrong things. And we need humility. And we need to have a heart that's open to learn about the struggles. I'm all there. We go down to the uh, uh, Civil Rights Museum, and I've read, and we'll get people come in here. We talk. I've got Garland Hunt coming. I've got other people coming. Listen to me. I understand that. But the doctrine they give, they add that to the gospel. Then they take something away that the gospel preaches. I can never be free of condemnation. 
in, in the wokeness, you have to carry the cross that you are who you are. And you have to do that till you die. That is so anti-gospel. Jesus says, in the word, if you confess your sins, he'll forgive you of all your sins and will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Now let me ask this question. The word, what does cleanse mean? Cleanse means to remove so it's not there. So if there's racism in my life and I repent of that racism and I make every effort to show my life straight, don't put on me a cloud of condemnation and guilt that I can never break free of because that's a man-made gospel. It is not the Bible. It goes against what Jesus did on the cross. <laughs> don't add to the gospel. Don't take away from the gospel. Just give me the preaching of the Jesus because I'm telling you what, it's not a sin problem. It's not a skin problem. It is a sin problem. It's a sin in the hearts of men. But you see, people will try and take you and pull you to get walking in the darkness. The moment you're against me, you're in darkness. Well, I, 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 watch out. Watch out. Well, you're in a majority white place. I've lived in Africa where it's a majority black place, okay? I spent I spend a third of my life, not a third, a good portion of my life growing up there. I know what it's like to be in a, a minority. But I love Africa, and I love the Africans, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> please understand this. All I'm trying to do is let the church walk in the light. Walking in the light, you constantly forgive. You'll constantly love. You'll constantly show love. And you won't buy the lies because it's false doctrine that will put you into bondage. And the very thing that's supposed to bring unity brings separation and division. I'm fine that right now. I have pastors that we're friends with, but because the CRT and the wokeness won't talk to me anymore. What? What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? No, because I won't agree. Oh, wait till I hear this sermon. I'm going to lose a few more friends. But you know what? Somebody has got to tell it like it is. I have to say, somebody's got to do it. Amen. And so, moving right along, I just want to close with this. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. That's why God tells us, you must pursue love. Everybody say, pursue love. I mean, you have to go for love. Like, love has got to be your number one aim in life. And with the whole racial thing, I want to embrace every race, love every race. I told this one brother, he said, no, but you whites. He said, wait a minute about the whites. He said, do you know what the stats are? What? A third don't have a party. They're non, they have no party. A third are Republican, and a third are Democrats. What? I said, yeah. You don't hear that in the news. Understand this. As I'm talking to him. You cannot paint a brush that covers the race. Because as a white man, I'm talking about black people, we're dear friends. And the more we talked, scales began to fall off his eyes. The Spirit of God showed up on the coffee table. We began to weep together. Because I said, brother, here's the truth. I genuinely love you. That's it. And, and then he said, well, you, he said, you know, he said to me, he's an African-American, he says, I used to not like white people at all. I distrusted them. We've known each other seven years now. He said, you're becoming my very best friend. But you know what it's because? We've got to be, we got to put it on the Bible. The Bible says, walk in the light. Here's what you got to do. Every day, suit up. Put your armor on. It's armor of light. I want to love people. I don't care what race they're from. I don't care what background, I don't care what economic level, because to be like Jesus, you love people. If you're going to walk in the light, you've got to walk in love with everybody. You've got to forgive. In the world we live in, you've got to keep the button of forgiveness mashed all the time. Don't ever take your hand off it. You may be mad at me some. 
Some people get mad at me. I watch body language. I know it's right, but you're ticking me off. I understand. I understand. But you've got to walk through it. What does the word say? What does the Bible say? The Bible says, Jesus said, they will know you are Christians by your love. So the Lord spoke to me. He said, make a way for the church to walk. So there's understanding. And that's where unity will come. Those two things I just talked about, CRT and wokeness, they do the very opposite. They scatter the sheep, they divide the sheep. So I'm on a mission. We're going to preach the truth. We're not going to back off. And we're going to walk in the light. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let's pray. Father, I just... Father, I just... Thank you once again for listening to World Harvest Church's podcast. World Harvest Church is pastored by Pastor Merrick and Linda Houghton in Roswell, Georgia. If you're interested in learning more about us, please visit our website at whcga.com. Like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing WHCGA into the search bar on both platforms. And we hope you have a blessed week. Thank you.